Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Courtney, why are there no Walmarts in New York City? No patty pies! <laughs> Welcome to Job Logs, a podcast that features candid conversations with young professionals about work, life, and everything in between. Hi, welcome back to another episode of Job Logs. I am Joy Marie Parker. I'm Courtney, no last name. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Job Logs. Um, so we hope you guys are well out of your food comas. Yes. Ready had to... a festive, joyous Thanksgiving. Dragging through work today. I not listen. <laughs> and I ate well. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, we are really excited about today's episode. We've got some really fun conversations happening with a video manager from the New York Times. Yes, that'll be fun. So anyone looking to get into video, whether it's for your company or you want to get into the industry, great interview for you to check out. Yes, yes. Coming up later. Courtney, what's going on? What's going on with me? Well, if you haven't caught on, I have like an existential crisis, like twice Uh a month. Really? Not even a crisis. I just, I reflect a lot. (laughs) A lot of reflection. Mm -hmm. It's the writer in me. And I've been thinking about being comfortable with, I don't know if uncertainty is the right word, Mm -hmm. but I think it was Melissa Kimball from Mm -hmm. My Creative Connection. I saw her tweet this earlier where she was like, you know, I realized that I haven't found that, like, area of where that's like your sweet spot like where Mm. you know like this is what I'm supposed to be doing this is where I'm supposed to push Mm. 100% in I know I'm on the path Mm -hmm. but I know I'm not there yet and being okay with that do you think that's a real thing that people have I do think it's a real thing people have because in New York especially I feel like there's this pressure to have like your elevator pitch Mm -hmm. where it's like this is what I'm meant to do Mm -hmm. this is how I'm doing it this is my five year plan Mm -hmm. for doing this Mm -hmm. and I fell in that too, like saying like, oh, I'm supposed to be a full-time writer. Oh, Mm. I'm supposed to be like a digital consultant for creatives or Mm -hmm. whatever the tagline is. Mm -hmm. And I'm embracing like I'm on the right path to get to where I want to be, but I'm not there yet. So I approach things differently. So I approach it from a state of play, which JT touched on a little bit in our episode with Mm -hmm. him and just like playing with things and not so worried about like, I need to put this out there. I need to get success off of this. I need to add it to like my portfolio. It's like, no, I'm just kind of playing around, seeing what I learned, seeing what comes out of this. That's valid. I mean, I have to, I just wonder if like there is ever this point of arrival where you're like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing and this is what it looks like. I think there are varying degrees of it. And I think some people do portray that a lot. But Mm. I have to wonder, just to your point, like, 
just because you've been writing for five years and you're great at it and you're moving upwards in your career, does that now make you a writer? Is that all you do? Is that the way you brand yourself all the time? Mm. Or does that limit you when you start to really try to constrain yourself? Well, I do think some people know, like, what is my gift? Yes. I think some people do know. That's and true. That they know. And then from there, they know how to apply it to different exactly, things. Exactly. So true. I feel like sometimes we confuse, like, what we're good at yeah. with, like, what our, like, gift is like That's how true. we're supposed to move or like in the who world we are and how we define yeah ourselves. yeah but at the same time i mean you have to do that because mm. <laughs> employers need to know in an elevator pitch or less you know in a minute or less yeah what but then i also think like how you approach your career is different than how you would approach like your passion that's true that's yeah. true. That's a good point. Yeah. So I think like knowing how to package yourself to get an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But sometimes like you sell what you sell to other people to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you need to like give yourself room to yeah. explore. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of my space. And I'm playing around. I have a little project that I'm working on that I'm not uh, telling anybody about. Oh, really? Because not I'm just me. Nope. Because oh, I'm just no. playing. Like, I just want the freedom to, like, have no pressure, like, when it comes out, True. when it's done. I'll find out. So, just playing <laughs> up in my room in the wintertime, hibernating and creating. I'll be creeping on your walls. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Locked out. <laughs> um, what about you? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's I've been thinking about a lot of different things and I think I definitely want to I mean, this job box is becoming very real now. Mm-hmm. I went to my first like in-person events, the career fair for our block and then did some networking events earlier this month that same weekend and you know got business cards and rap cards and so it's becoming a very like real and tangible brand and so I'm thinking about like what that means in terms of my aspirations for it Mm. um, and for myself through that kind of process of just introspection. Um, What is it about winter that everyone gets really introspective? (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what it is. Let's be real. Um, But yeah, I mean, I just, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it looks like. And I don't want to limit my thinking based off of what I have experience with right now, right? Mm -hmm. Because I can only think in the like the constraints of what I know. Um, But at the same time, I'm also patient with the process. I feel like, um, I was talking to Melissa again about this. What's her handle? Since we at Melissa at Melissa underscore Kimball or my CC, my Creative Connection, Um, and I was talking to her about the fact that like a lot of people around me have been working at their passion for three to five years. A lot of times you don't hear about that backstory. You don't see all of that work, and now they're coming into their shine. Mm. So I also am very acceptive, like accepting of the fact now. I think for the first time that like I'm okay with the process and the time that it takes to grow Mm. because that time is important for us to like iterate and get better every episode and make those organic connections. Like there's no rush, you know, there's like no like end goal to try to get to tomorrow. So yeah, I think, see, I think we're kind of on the same page. Embracing the process. Yes, 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 Yes. exactly. Come on, take away. Exactly. Tweet that. (laughs) So that's kind of where I'm at. You ready to get into the episode? I'm ready to dive on in. Awesome. Let's do it. And now it's time for Rants, Raves, and Reviews. This is a segment of the show where we both share a rant, a rave, or a review for a product, a service, a tool, an experience, something that's positively or negatively impacting our professional lives. Mm. 
So, Joy, are you ranting, raving, or reviewing today? Hmm. I am ranting. I am raving, and I'm going first. Okay. <laughs> you do that. We're going to say that, because I feel like you're about to gear up for something. Yeah, I just I Okay, mine is really quick. <laughs> uh, so my rave is, shout out to my roommate, Jen, for introducing this to me. Jen. Yeah, it's the idea of the turndown alarm. The turndown alarm. Turndown for what? This alarm. <laughs> so what I do, I want to go to bed around midnight. That's usually my goal. Okay. So I set my turndown alarm for 10 45 p.m. every <laughs> weeknight and once it goes off it's Al Green's love and happiness just to get me in the chill <laughs> in, the ch- in the chill space and what after that alarm goes off there's no screens mm. like I'll write analog style I'll read but no TV no internet no social well, now I know why you don't text me back after <laughs> uh, listen because if you it's easy to forget, like, yeah. how, like, that's hyper-entertainment. Like, that's, that's so true. many images going by, mm. so many messages going about. You're probably reading something crazy that's going to mm-hmm. be all up in your spirit when you're trying to go to sleep. That's true. So, instead of, like, waiting until midnight to, like, relax, start at 1045. I'm mm. still kind of productive because mm. I, I let myself do things. Do you watch Netflix? But all or no? analog. Nah. I like that. That's so real. Um... Yeah, I mean, the TV shows are crazy these days. Like, the special effects are too real. <laughs> the drama's just a I little too... Some no, stuff. I'm just saying, yeah. like, you know, I couldn't I couldn't do, for instance, American Horror Story this season. Cause oh, really? I'm just like, it's too much. <laughs> um, so I like yes. that, because I've, I've been talking about that for a long time, just, like, what you feed mm-hmm. your soul, kind of on an ongoing basis. But, yeah, especially at night before you go to bed and it creeps yeah, into your Yeah, it just, like, lets you kind of... Turn down because mm. you do like we always go go go. So turn down alarm. Is it an app? No, I just use my um, phone alarm. Oh, you literally set a turn I down alarm. Oh, alarm. I love that. Like, it's I like love that. and it's preset, so like it's already it's already hooked up for Monday okay. through Thursday. Love it. Um, about, okay, are we ready? <laughs> so on a less positive. <laughs> <laughs> Uncenter yourself. Uh, I just. Um, so this one goes out to all of you who choose to disregard the time that I spent bolding my name, <laughs> spelling it out for you, How changing the work? font size and the color on my email signature, and spelling it the way God and my parents spelled it <laughs> on my government-issued identification, and choose to misspell it when it's literally right there in front of you. What am I talking about? So. I cannot stand when Mm. people choose to spell your name. And it's in front of them. It's in front of you. Like, it's in my email signature. It's not how you feel like spelling it. It's not, like, how you want to spell it. It's not Joy hyphen Marie. It's not Joy space capital M Marie. It's not, like, any (laughs) variation. It's not Joy Maria. It's not Joy Marie Mary with a Y. Like, it's literally one way. What's the weirdest (laughs) one that you've gotten? Um, I mean, I think it's just any combination oh, of like small. repeated like Mary with a Y to me is strange because yeah. it's ju- it's the way that I spelt <laughs> it when I sent you the email. It's in the send the little from yeah. box. It's, it's in every, the email signature. The it's like I said best Joy Marie for yeah. you. Like that's real. And my I have the same issues because you have, probably more. <laughs> yeah, because it's like very slight. It's just like no you and Courtney. Yes, and. Yeah, people, I don't hold it against people like when, like, we're just meeting because, like, mm-hmm. I know the traditional spelling. But, girl, when I tell you I <laughs> went somewhere, it was a doctor's office, I believe, 
And I'm standing above Nurse Whoever, and I'm telling her, <laughs> Courtney, C-O-R-T-N-E-Y, spells it how she wants to. How you want, like, what? Like, am I stupid, girl? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? <laughs> like, do you not know how to spell your own name? Yeah, that's especially important, like, when you're reaching out to someone yes. for an opportunity. Yes. Double check their name. Yes, and this is, like... That's it. I mean, that's basically it. It just shows like you don't care about details. You don't care about my life. You don't care about my mother and my father. You don't care about what name they put on the birth certificate. Just you know, it's 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 kind of a little ding that could go a yes. long way. So just be a little recognize bit more her humanity. Thank and you. Spell her name right. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, so we are really excited to have Rachel Abadi in the studio with us today. Yay! What's Rachel? up, guys? <laughs> Hi, Rachel. Rachel is an audience development video marketing manager at the New York Times. Previously, she held roles in programming and video curation at AOL, and she is a graduate of Barnard College as well as a New York native. So, welcome, Rachel. Thank you. That was a really good LinkedIn rundown. <laughs> I appreciate that. Super thorough. Well, since we're jumping right into it, um, let's get to LinkedIn. I mean, the joys I want... of LinkedIn. <laughs> because it's, I have to kind of tell the story about how we kind of got you here today. Yeah. So our producer, Adrian, introduced you and you kind of came in really super last minute. Um, and so in researching you, I found an article on Forbes talking about how you landed your first job out of college using LinkedIn. Yeah, it's uh, definitely, oh, my rent paycheck to LinkedIn <laughs> right now, essentially, like at the source. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, Courtney knows I stand for LinkedIn. Like, I love LinkedIn as well. Me too. Yeah. I love like even in trying to research you, downloading your profile and kind of using it unconventionally. So tell us a little bit about just your career trajectory, how you got started um, and how you ended up here at the New York Times leveraging totally. LinkedIn. Totally. Yeah. No, definitely. It's a good place to start. Um I was always that friend in college that was sending you viral videos before they were viral and bugging you when you should have been studying and making you nervous because I was watching TV instead. Um, I consider that field research at this point. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, I just have always been really fascinated in documentary, but in college I was also an editor at the satirical newspapers and you know, in high school, also a newspaper editor. I worked okay. at a local paper for my dad for a while, so I've always been in a very sort of like editorial yeah. storytelling place. I yep. love to write mm -hmm. um, poetry, and then uh, it came to it, and I realized that after college I was going to have to pay for everything by myself eventually, <laughs> including real. Netflix. Very real. <laughs> so I just, uh, I, they had this mass call at ABC TV for the Live with Kelly show. Uh -huh. um, and I just went in for a mass interview, and I was like, I'm never going to get this, yeah. but I might as well just go in there. So I sit down with one of the producers, and I said to her, I have no experience, but I'm smart, and I really want to be here. Yeah. Is that enough? <laughs> and then she was sort of just like, you're so strange, but so honest. Let's do this. So I started in production there, and I really loved it. And then, um, and what is production? Just yeah. for because I know we're all in in New York City, we all kind of get it. That's but, true. Um, no, no. You know, outside of deconstruct that yes, outside yes. of coffee yeah, getting. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> you definitely get a lot of coffee. Um, but it was cool because they were doing these kind of. This was the season they were looking for a new host mm -hmm. before they found Michael Strahan. Mm -hmm. So they had different celebrity hosts all the time, and so it was kind of oh. cool. I got to like help pitch segment topics and like look through the National Enquirer and like ridiculous newspapers <laughs> for stories, sort of like you know a digital toilet in Tokyo or something like that. Um, <laughs> and excellent. it was, yeah, like helping to brainstorm and really just be on set when everything yeah. was filming and be yeah. in the control room. So you sort of get like an immersive view of how that works. Yes. And I love the storytelling aspect and the video part just not, 
as much the daytime talk show. I just wanted mm. something a little outside of it. And it was freelance. So when it was done, um, I was home sort of panicking with my dad being like, what do you mean I can't live off of you? What am I supposed to do? <laughs> so I used his LinkedIn account, which I thought was totally the most like baby boomer thing to do. And I was like, this is so lame. If my dad has it, it's definitely not worth it. Right. Um, that was wrong. <laughs> so I found in an alumni group that this girl who um, was recruiting for AOL and Huffington Post at the time was looking for paid interns. It was like a fellowship program. Mm. And I know it's one of those feeder opportunities where they like tend to hire those people. Yes, yeah. So I emailed her from my dad's account and my dad has like a really thick beard and black hair <laughs> and he's a lawyer. So just like getting this email must have been weird. Uh -huh. And I think she was so intrigued by how just unusual it was that she emailed me back right away for a phone interview. And I went in and I was the LinkedIn girl who found wow. them. And everyone was sort of Forever talking. Forevermore. Yeah, exactly. The LinkedIn girl. And then uh, they hired me. And I was there for like six or seven months as an intern. Then they hired me full time. I love that. I was there for two years. And it was doing video programming and sort of editorial consulting yeah. for all of the O&O brands that yeah. they owned and operated. Oh, okay. Branching out a little bit to ESPN, tiny bit to New York Times. Mm. Um, and then... Uh, I was speaking on a panel at Barnard where this woman who works for Forbes mm -hmm. is an editor there found my heard my story and then said I have to write about this I'm doing a column about baby boobers and LinkedIn oh really yeah and then so that happened and that was great yeah and so I think everything sort of ripple effect really helped yeah. compound yeah, exactly. discovery and then yeah. a recruiter reached out to me from the Times eventually and I had a friend who worked there and I called her I said is this bogus is this one of those things like they're going to ask me for money from Nigeria at some point? <laughs> I don't know because it was kind of I just didn't random think, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and you know that you get hit up on LinkedIn by all kinds of people mm -hmm. um, and she said forget the recruiter I'm putting your resume in front of my friend who's hiring mm. and then I later found out she got a nice bonus for that so <laughs> oh, yeah, everybody that's, wins that's how it works yeah that's but that's a works. really great <laughs> internal incentivizing program you know yeah, you wanna, yeah and it works really well um, I went in for tons of interviews and I landed this job to work in the video department but I was only really considering it because the innovation report mm -hmm. at the New York Times had leaked mm -hmm. tell us about uh, that what yeah is that? Um, and I studied it beforehand Basically, the New York Times had done an internal review of the company, just sort of admitting the areas it, of weakness and places mm. it needed to grow and sort of advocating for this like buzzword concept that's all over media right now, audience development. What does mm. that mean? Sort of developing an audience to come to you. Because in the old days, if you will, you know, it was enough for the New York Times to print a newspaper and everybody yeah. would go to them. But yeah. now that there's so many different platforms to distribute it on yeah. and digital is everything, you have to go to where your consumers are yes. and really mm -hmm. cater to their needs. Yeah. And so the Times finally sort of acknowledged that. And video was a new endeavor for them totally in 2011. It sort of just came to life. Yeah. Um, but it was still formulating its voice. And I thought, wow, how cool would it be to put my stamp on the future success of mm, Times Video yeah. and be there at like a pioneer moment mm. when I was definitely happy at AOL HuffPost, but I was right. focusing more on sort of lifestyle and everybody there's a digital first person and yeah, an expert. Yeah. And it was just felt like a really unpassable opportunity to like go yeah, to the New York Times yeah, um, sure. and it worked out and it's been amazing I've been that's there a awesome. year and a half yeah yeah. Awesome. yeah and the innovation report it's still floating around on the web so yeah if you're in well, media um, check it out like google it like it's really really interesting to read yeah it's super long so if you don't want to read the whole <laughs> <Skim>. thing <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I recommend BuzzFeed's breakdown yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. definitely read that and printed it before my interview sweating over it yeah <laughs> that's really cool so I mean in you describing that experience, I heard a lot of themes about just kind of standing out and kind of tapping into the quote unquote weirdness or, you know, the unusualness. 
in a way to stand out and kind of sell yourself in to different corporations. How do you like leverage that? How do you leverage your unique characteristic traits and your personality essentially to really fit in in corporations that sometimes we perceive as having a very rigid mold about what they're looking for and what that background looks like? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, And I think that I definitely wouldn't necessarily have considered the times if that hadn't happened with the innovation report, just to your exact point, like, you know, you sort of have an opinion of the gray lady or whoever comes Mm -hmm. across. But I just thought instead of seeing it as, oh, my God, this information leaked. That's so horrible. I was so impressed with how self-reflexive the company Mm -hmm. was being. Mm -hmm. And I just I just um, I've always kind of been really immersed in the industry and obsessed. And like I get LinkedIn notifications all the time for like new (laughs) jobs. And I read the stuff that Capital New York and Video Inc. put out. So I'm sort of, you know, tapped in. Mm -hmm. And when I saw this and connected the dots, I just really wanted to zoom into it. Um, I also think I I have um, I'm part of this pocket of the industry where it's the intersection of business and editorial and that's really mm, powerful yeah mm-hmm. and it's not enough these days sometimes unfortunately to just be a journalist you yes. have to be an audience development strategist yes, yeah. a social media star yeah and all of these things and because I had an editorial background but was really focused on business they were looking for that exact kind of person and mm-hmm. I just I think it was a combination of right place right time mm-hmm. right skill set and also me just being really eager to get into something so exciting so you know being um really bold about this interview at ABC and then emailing some woman posing as my dad <laughs> and, then, and then tapping into my friend who happened to know the hiring manager. I really think that, you know, I was just never, um, I was just never apprehensive about yeah. it. It was always just go, 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 yeah. go, go. Cause yeah. the worst thing they can say is no. Yeah, mm. absolutely. That's so true. And this industry really is so much about relationships cause it's yep. so small, mm-hmm. especially in New York. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you, if you're, as graceful as one can be, you know, <laughs> hopefully that's sort of your relationships carry with you. Yeah. Um, and the guy who hired me used to work at Vice. He's no longer at the New York Times. He has his own company. Oh. Okay. Um, his name's Kareem Ahmed. He's really cool. Um, Look him up. Yeah. And why, <laughs> he started uh, Nameless TV. It's a very cool new company. But um, oh, nice. he came out. from Vice. And I think he, we sort of had a mutual understanding of like, yeah. ah, you worked at Millennial Summer Camp, as did I. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think Millennial Summer Camp. <laughs> <laughs> Millennial Media Summer Camp. Um, and so I think they were really looking for people like that, you know, yeah. to sort of like infuse new blood. And the whole point of the innovation report, sort of that they were admitting that like some of the things they were doing just weren't working anymore. Mm-hmm. And like s- sticking to these old sort of ethos wasn't yeah. going to necessarily cut it. And like, you know, the integrity and excellence of the journalism is the best value prop of the entire place. Yes. So yeah. when you have that down, you just got to work on the packaging yeah. and getting yeah. it to the people in the right way. And I just really yeah. liked that message. Um, and so I think, you know, Kareem, who hired me, kind of saw that I understood that and that yes. I was I wanted to be part of that. And so I'm part of a team um, on the business side of a bunch of uh, sort of video people who are like that also come from startups, come from yeah. other bigger yeah. companies. And yeah. just so they're all bringing. Yeah, kind of their exactly. And yeah. Yeah. Business. That's great. Cool. Yeah. So where are you? I'm interested to know in like the production cycle of the video. Like, are they coming to you with like, oh, we have a video done like think about how do we get this to the right people or are you more earlier in the process kind of informing how it's created? It's a little bit of both. It really depends on the kind of content because each content type has to be treated differently. Mm-hmm. You know, they di- they have different audiences. People are amenable to receiving it in different ways. Different platforms make sense. So if it's just sort of breaking news or a news clip, it's already going to be created and it's more me, me helping out and making sure we reach out to the right people and get it to the right social team so it can get cut and put out. Yeah. But bigger long form pieces that are very timesy and exclusive, but not necessarily um, 
breaking, I can be in before it's even done and see rough cuts and previews and just talk about who's the audience for this. How can we package it? Where can we put it? When does it make sense to release it in light of a news cycle? What can we peg it to? And sort of just getting at the crux of like, how can we amplify the mm. release of this video and just mm. make sure as many eyeballs see it as possible? You know, sometimes it's basically like, you know, pimping out all your videos <laughs> in, the, in the smartest way possible. Yeah. So it really depends. You know, sometimes it's you don't really have time to have a yeah. dedicated conversation. Yeah. And it also depends on who you're working with. You know, some people are more plugged into the life's out mm. once it's published and more people. Some people are plugged into pre-production and during production. So I would say I sort of sit um, even sometimes I get pitched ideas before they're filmed so I can mm. start really thinking about where to put them. So it's kind of a soup to nuts operation depending on also the investment of the rest of the department and the company. You know, Is yeah. this a big piece that the rest of the Times sees so much value in that we really have to treat it like that? Or is it something that isn't necessarily perceived that way but could be? So it's all about kind of dreaming up the coolest ways to turn it into um, a big story. Yeah. I mean, with the video landscape just changing so rapidly with the advent of uh, Snapchat and Periscope and all of these other sort of live and real-time forms of creating content. I mean, this used to be YouTube a couple of years ago. It was like totally. you can hop on YouTube and make your home video. But now it's like kind of that real-time format. How are you guys staying flexible? How are you agile um, and keeping up with that? And, and like... As you answer that, how do you sell that in? Because I know a lot of times with corporations, it can be difficult to stay ahead of the trend, stay current, um, and really exist in places where your consumers live. Totally. Yeah. No, and I think um, that's kind of one of the most... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Exciting but challenging parts of the video industry. No one has fully figured that out yet. Mm. You know, people are successful in different elements and pockets, so it's yeah. really a big space for play right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, the Times came out this month with a memo called "Our Path Forward," de de you know, sort of declaring as a company they want to double revenue by 2020 mm. and become oh, wow. an 800 million dollar business. Wow. Just a casual goal, right? <laughs> <laughs> Light work. <laughs> yeah. I remember when I was in that meeting, I was like, "What are these 800 million? Okay." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how much do we need to do? Um, so the com and you know the mission behind that is really sort of acknowledging that this landscape is so volatile and there's so much space to get boxed out or sort mm -hmm. of eclipsed from this that you, we have to be really aggressive. So that's a company wide sort of um, reformation right now, just trying mm -hmm. to like you know tighten tighten the ship, do the things we're already doing really well even better and improve yeah. the things that can be improved. So this is a really pivotal time for the company. I think this is really getting buy-in from the top down at a level that I've never really been privy to before. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it might even be historic in a few months when things really shake out. So sort of that ethos being inculcated into the masses of the company or like, you know, slowly people really having to just buy into this idea because it's not a choice really. It's in, you have yeah, to do it to stay to. relevant. You and I think to. when you have that impetus behind you, you either get innovative or get out. Yeah. yeah. Um, yep. You know, listen, everybody takes different time, a different amount of time to be convinced of these things. Some people are more sort of, um, able to see into the future and some people are better at the present. Yeah. But we do have a Snapchat account in the New York Times newsroom and we have a really cool team running it 
and they cover cool events and uh you know recently the new york city marathon oh yeah was covered and sort of another social media star was called up to say hey do you want to come run with me and see how that goes so that's you know pretty cool i also think that um Snapchat's one of my favorites, actually, because all of the other platforms like Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, mm-hmm. you can you can position yourself to be premium. But Snapchat, if you're publishing, it's sort of fair ground UGC yeah. content for everyone. Yeah. And that's pretty amazing yeah, it mm-hmm. is. that, you know, you can have sort of the same production quality from The New York Times as you can from some teenager exactly. in Omaha. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that's that's kind of an amazing leveling thing. Yeah. And um, I think that why that's why Snapchat's going to be so important. Yeah, it already is. I mean, yeah. look at people signing up for discover they just mm-hmm. signed wall street journal as another news publisher mm-hmm. buzzfeed's on there yeah but everybody's on and yeah. then um outside of discover what i think is more compelling is these new little like live vignettes that you can cover like getting the filters in- the yeah. filters are so great the geo filters yeah Those and they amazing. switch them out they yeah. switch them out seasonally it's, so like yeah. around halloween they're different around the holidays they're different it's it's really really agile of them um, but I want to get back to your career a little bit yeah. because you talked about internships um, and you're talking about these really fascinating kind of trends in new media and video. How do, you know, young professionals coming out of school, people who are still trying to figure out their career, how do you basically brand yourself with all of these things that are just kind of new and undiscovered? Like, how do you what, do you, what are you putting on your resume to get the next job, you know? How yeah. are you getting contacted and called? We'll like? work for coffee. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> you got to start there. Um, I think it's also just figuring out, like, what makes you comfortable. I'm the kind of person where I really just have to be myself pretty much all the time. Mm. So I need to seek out places that would just be okay with that and not having to, like, carve a persona around yeah. it. And also um, just things that feel authentic. Yeah. You know, I think that's important. I don't think you have to love the first job you get out of college necessarily. Oh, you just have say to say that again. <laughs> you, yeah, you do not That's have so to true. love the first job you get out of college. You really don't. Yeah, but you do have to learn something, mm-hmm. and you have to get up every day and be able to go there and not want to cry to your mom or yeah. sort of like, yeah. or call sick every day you know that's that's not a good sign yes but um i really didn't know what i wanted to do i knew Mm -hmm. what my interests were i could see a developing sort of industry that was about to get really exciting and i thought why not just give this a shot yeah you know worst comes to worst i lie to my friends and don't tell them i'm living with my parents you know like (laughs) (laughs) um for a year we'll meet you at the venue (laughs) yeah exactly i'm just i have to take a cab yeah this new cab company called dad Um, (laughs) no uh, but I think it really was just um, also like you have different versions of your resume, right? Like yeah. for jobs that I'm applying to. So I would have six or seven different ones depending on what skills you need to highlight. That is so critical. A lot of yeah. people don't do this. I'm finding like you need to tailor your resume to every single job you apply to. They're all different. Yeah. And I think some people are just a little worried about coming across a certain way mm. and feel like, you know, maybe it's too in your face to do something um, to you that feels really bold. But you have to remember, you're kind of just like a drop in this ocean of people. Mm, yeah. So you have to be as bold as you can yeah, to stick out. out. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And uh, I don't even th- I think it's more authentic to sort of like highlight the things about yourself that you think are important for that mm-hmm. job. It's not a lie by any means. Mm-hmm. It's it's just really like communicating what you think is relevant, what they want to see. Yeah. So definitely having I had several versions. I got them proofread by people older than me. That's great. People who are in the industry. Um, I use my college resources. They have this great like template online. Mm. I also looked at resumes that I thought were good and bad. I mm-hmm. called up people that I thought were smart, that mm-hmm. I was, yeah. you know, how did you get your job? And so I really sort of developed as many connections as possible. Yeah, and going back to LinkedIn, I mean, that's something that I'm a huge proponent of that I do personally too when I'm job hunting is, 
you know, like you can search people with the same job title and download their profile. Totally. And kind of look at the keywords, the themes that are appearing on their resume and make sure that you're pulling those out of yours. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's another great resource as well. Yeah, always. Yeah, it's and there's no need to reinvent the wheel. Like the whole point of social media sites, and I I think people used to not think of LinkedIn as a traditional social media Mm -hmm. site, but it really is, and it's all about information sharing. Mm -hmm. And the whole point of this sort of like free access, public-facing platform Mm -hmm. is for you to do your own homework so that you can figure out the best way to get there. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. They need to pay us. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's coming next. Awesome. Well, I feel like this was a really, really in-depth conversation. I do have one more question. Yeah, go for it. I'm talking uh, a lot. Sorry. (laughs) No, you're great. This is awesome. Yeah, this is great. Um, I know like a lot in the New York Times, like doing a big push behind video. Yeah. I mean, that's reflective of what everyone's trying to do, even like smaller businesses. So for like our listeners who are entrepreneurs or if they're just working in their company's marketing department and they want to use video, like what are some starter tips for getting the most out of video for your brand? Totally. Um, It really depends on the player you're using also. You know, there's... um, Facebook is rolling out all these really cool sort of native video Mm. upload capabilities, and so is Twitter. So all of these platforms, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, have really amazing back-end analytics suites. Mm -hmm. It doesn't sound that sexy, but it really, (laughs) it's so important. And I was kind of uh, averse to getting really, you know, comfortable and in bed with this, but it's so user-friendly and important to understand. And you have all of this data and information Mm -hmm. on the audience that you don't know that you already have and your potential Mm -hmm. audience. So really just like going into the back end and looking what videos did the best, why did they do the best, who clicked on them, how long were they, um, when did we post them, what were they about, really just breaking down the different elements that sort Mm -hmm. of comprise your video and starting from there. And also thinking about who do I want to reach? Um, who's watching this kind of video? And there's so mm. many demographics, st- like uh, studies online about what kind of videos millennials watch, what yeah, kind of videos yeah. rising achievers watch, and right. sort of backing into that with aligning your brand. Yeah. And and you know picking, you don't have to be everywhere. You have to be smart about where you are. So sort yeah. of picking one or two places to start with, having a test kitchen, really learning from there, and just. Um, being, I would say, more uh, strategic and sort of curated mm. about what you do yeah. and not just posting everywhere. Yeah. yeah, I think it's really a lot of different areas where businesses have to adjust is being really kind of audience focused totally. instead of just ramming down like, this mm-hmm. is what we want to talk about and how yeah. we want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, you have to kind of cater to people well, and that thing that's true for hear. video and a lot of other things yeah. totally and yeah. it's it's less let me tell you something you don't know <laughs> it's more this is what we know what do you think and yeah. Like, yeah the more interactive you are with people the better i mean if you look at any of the studies that come out about sort of referral traffic you get from facebook and twitter and instagram etc it's just getting bigger and bigger yeah. and those platforms are really powerful yeah whether you like it or not yeah so sort of tapping into where your biggest potential audience is like you were saying and really like giving them the information you think is crucial in a way that they're um, excited to digest it is what's important yeah um and that's a good way to start so yeah backing into that with your brand like what do you care about what is your you know what are your goals do you need video is video the right uh, Uh, medium for storytelling do you mean it's not it it isn't always but when it is it's it's got to be something in my opinion at least that you can't get out of an article mm. that you want to see and hear. Mm. Mm. 
That's awesome. That's a word. Thank you. It's been so much fun to have you here. Lots yeah. of gems yeah. dropped. Just dropping gems left and right. Love it. Um, where can the people find you? Where are you on social? Um, where are you can working people, on? Well, who's listening? It's going to determine my answer. Um, yeah. No, people can find me crying at my desk. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Smiling at my desk. Um, yeah, you can, you can definitely find me. Uh, I'm a little more active on Twitter these days. It's just at Rachel Abadi, my full name, mm-hmm. um, on, let's see, and I, that's like the only public one. I'm one yes. of those weird people who keeps uses it private. that yeah. social media uh, at my job, and yes. I, listen, I am private. the same I'm way. I am the exact, <laughs> yeah. maybe that's like a thing. Yeah. Like, I don't want to talk about me yeah. at okay, all. so yeah. I'm not in this conversation. Yeah. No. <laughs> maybe because like, I, we, you manage it all day. Yeah. Yeah. I'm terrified. I, I know too much. Yeah. <laughs> no, so Twitter's very public. I think Twitter's great for that. You guys can definitely find me on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it. Yeah, you can find me other places. But you got to request it. Right. Um, yeah. But, um, awesome. I'm not saying no. I just like to get to know people. <laughs> you guys, I'll accept off the bat. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Rachel. Thanks so much, guys. This was really fun. Welcome back. It is now time for Ask Job Logs, which is the advice segment of the show. If you have a question about work, tough boss, life decision, hit us up. We want to hear from you. You can send your questions to joblogs.com slash askjoblogs, um, and we'll sort through them and read them on an upcoming episode of the show. So, Courtney, you want to read our first question? Sure. This is from Anonymous, and it says, Hi, I'm currently in my first year at business school, and there's a large emphasis on recruiting. Every week, I receive a ton of job opportunities, recruiting events, panels, mixers, and more. It's like I'm at a buffet of career <laughs> options, Good which problems. is awesome. But I don't know which dish to go for. A lot <laughs> of jobs sound really cool and interesting. I thought I had a good strategy for approaching what I wanted to do, but every time I hear of a new opportunity, I change my mind. It's like I have career FOMO. What is FOMO? Fear of missing out. You children and these acronyms. Okay, girl. How do I prioritize which job opportunities are right for me, gain focus, and target my job search without missing out? Mm, that's a, lot a good of one. Well, those are excellent problems to have, firstly. So kudos to you for having a buffet of career options available to you. Um, So I guess I would say preliminarily, like, there are no, I don't know, there's no expiration date to opportunity to me, Mm -hmm. which sounds a little counterintuitive because, yes, sometimes there are. Like, you need to act on an opportunity. But what I mean by that is, like, I think there's a lot of pressure on us to make decisions about the next stage of our life, whether it's what college you go to after high school, what job you get out of college, what internship you do, and how that's going to impact the whole entire rest of your life and how that one decision is going to completely, like, you know, determine your path. Um, And I just don't believe that to be true. Um, You guys let me know if you feel differently. But I feel like... You know, yes, you could go for one of these job options as the next job right out of school. But what's to say that you couldn't come back to something else that you saw was interesting after that job? Yeah. You know, what's to say you can't work with one of those other companies as a client or as a vendor or as a partner? So, you know, I think some of that pressure might be kind of self-imposed or imposed from yeah. from people around you for those reasons but yeah. don't don't feel like that next job decision is going to determine your entire life definitely and I also 
I recommend looking at it as a learning experience rather than um, like Joy said, like all oh, this setup for all these other things. I mean, mm-hmm. it is a setup, but think about the lessons that you want to get out of it, mm-hmm. as opposed to, to like take out like, oh, I'm gonna get clout from this. Or yeah. Do, like, yeah. what skills yes. do you want to gain that's from true. this? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a great way to base your decision. Yeah. And then, given that you do have this buffet of options, buffet, dollars, <laughs> girl, have small a bit, Yeah. You know what? Maximize that network. Get those mm-hmm. contacts. Just true. have them saved. You know, mingle with them. Make sure those are relationships that you're building across the board so you don't have to choose. In terms of your actual search, what job you're going to go for next. I mean, since you have a buffet of excellent options, it's going to come down to culture. It's going to come down to fit. And you're going to have to probably think about it from, you know, more of a a competitive lens of, like, who's going to match your salary, who's going to kind of check your boxes of the things you're looking for Mm -hmm. right out of school. But um, good luck to you. Yeah. All right, so we have one more question. Okay, let's do it. Um, this one's from Bobby Valentino. Oh, Bobby V. <laughs> I was walking <laughs> down the road. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh-huh. AKA Anonymous. <laughs> hey, I just started a new job in a new market. On my first day, my boss told me... <laughs> I'm not laughing at your pain, Bobby V. On my first day, my boss told me he put in his two weeks notice <laughs> that passed... <laughs> Friday. What do I do? <laughs> Dang, Bobby uh, B. <laughs> that, I, okay. Your boss bounced on you. Yeah. That's cold hearted. I realized how that can be ominous. That actually happened to me. Did it? It did. They, but then I took their job like a month later. Okay. <laughs> but, um, so that's so, the upside. Yeah, that's the upside. But I, for this, I would say like your journey is your own. Like you mm. can't take on what's happening with mm-hmm. other people. Like, it's mm-hmm. really not your business that mm-hmm. he's leaving two weeks from now, other than the fact <laughs> that he hired you, probably. But what I would do, take advantage of the situation, mm. is rather than saying, like, what's wrong with this place that you're leaving? Mm. But take advantage of the fact that he's probably feeling very open and, like, mm. unfiltered mm. about the place that he's go. getting ready to leave. So I would there ask, like, all the questions, like, what does it take to succeed here? Mm. What do I need to watch out for? Because mm. he's probably feeling very in a sharing mood yeah that's a good point yeah um i mean yeah i don't have personal experience with us the only bullets i had was <laughs> it's an opportunity to step up which is nice to hear courtney actually reaffirm <laughs> <Straight>. <laughs> um and then also like i would say since you don't have that boss that was kind of going to be your internal advocate mm. um at least for a period of time Find another one, like quickly find someone else in the company, a mentor, an advocate, someone that you can kind of rely on for some of those internal best practices and stuff, since you're not going to have that boss figure there potentially for a while. Um, So, you know, just just I would get to coffee chatting and asking for meetings with other folks across the company Mm -hmm. as soon as possible. Um, But good luck. Keep us posted. Let us know how it works out. Yes. Um, and then we actually have an update. Do we? We do. So I don't know if you guys remember the person that wrote in, the listener that wrote in about her campus job um, and how she wanted to resign because she couldn't do two jobs at the same time for a marketing role. Mm-hmm. So we have an update from her. And she says, I sat down with my current boss and told her about me leaving and she was petty about it. Oh, <laughs> there wasn't any congrats or happiness behind it. She she just told me to send in my resignation letter and she will do the searching for a replacement on her own. I wasn't bothered one bit. I knew I made the right decision. Work. Sounds like you did, girl. So right. kudos oh, to you. Hateful people. <laughs> hateful. Ugh. 
Well, congrats, girl. Go <laughs> forth in your success. Right now, it's usually time for Hired and Fired, but we have something new um, planned for you on this evening or day, whenever you're listening. Um, it's called, I'm going to call it the segment with no name. And by way, Courtney means her, because I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> Think of it as like the 21st century, a highly evolved segment. Okay. Segment 2.0, if you will. Okay. Well, we can share with our audience what we're consuming, what mm. we're producing, and maybe feel them for help. Oh. Doesn't it sound great? It does. AKA, it does. I couldn't think of anybody to hire fire. <laughs> <laughs> so what are, what are you doing? Okay, so for the segment with no name, <laughs> I'm sharing a little bit of what I'm reading and watching. Oh, okay. Um, I'm very, I finished a book yesterday. Ooh. And I'm just very excited because it's yes. been taking me like two months to finish what books. Book? So I just finished... The Devil Finds Works by James Baldwin. It's a critique of various films and the film industry overall. Okay. Really great read. I recommend for anyone in media mm. or content creation. James Baldwin, oh, that man just writes like you would not <laughs> believe. Like one sentence will have like poetry really? and then like a damning, well-researched critique of the United States. Wow. And then like light shade just wow. peppered in there. Like really? it's so, he's so good. I love him so much. And it's really cool to see how he looks at different films. Like one uh, he looked at was Lady Sings the Blues. Mm. Um, and he talked about how it's really funny because you look at the micro and you can mm-hmm. take um, takeaways for the macro. So mm. he's like, this film, I believe he knew Billie Holiday too, which the film is based off of. And he talks about, like, if you knew Billie Holiday, the reason that she wrote Strange Fruit, or she sang, rather, Strange Fruit, is because it reminded her of her father. Oh, if you okay. know about Billie Holiday, she also had a horrible drug, drug problem. Mm. And he says, like, the reason that she got hooked on drugs is because she was just in love with this man who oh, happened to also okay. have a drug problem. And he was saying, in the film, they make it about, like, race. Like, she mm. did all these things because of race. Mm. And, like, it just completely robs her of her just her own individual yeah, struggle like it yeah. just makes her a victim automatically yeah. like you don't do everything walking around like race yeah. is making you do all these things like you yeah, have that's personal true. issues so it's that's really true. great and really interesting especially in light of all the like diversity and media yes. representation happening okay, that's okay. great Real intellectual. So I wrapped that up and now I'm moving on to Letters of Note, which is this Letters book. of Note? Yeah, that's what the book's called. It's a collection of letters like throughout history. And I'm really interested. This is where you come into play, readers, because I'm really interested in looking at how what worked in like old time communication mm. and like how mm. to translate that to social media and okay. our new ways of communicating. So okay. that's kind of my nerd space okay. happening okay. right now. Okay. Uh, okay. So, <laughs> um, you know, off the cuff, I'm just like scrolling through my cell phone to see because I unfortunately, unfortunately, <laughs> I am not as well versed in the <laughs> readings and the writings. I, you know, I really, that is something I really struggle with reading books. But one thing that I am huge on is just always learning and inspiring in the digital space. Mm. So, 
I hate newsletters because I have like the syndrome where I have to click every unread notification. So when I have a bunch of newsletters, Uh, I feel like I have to read everyone. But lately I have really gotten into uh, one newsletter. It's called The Podcast Broadcast Hmm. by uh, Brittany Jesuit. And um, she is like an audio archivist and just a, a huge fanatic of like radio and the audio space. And so she compiles, she basically does one big digest with what's happening in the audio space, what the Mm -hmm. trends are. You know, Google Play is now integrating podcasts into their online store, like their native store. So recently podcasts have been dominated by like apples and and apple and itunes yeah um because there's a podcast app that like defaults to your phone when you have a iphone i love it so google's gonna do the same thing and that's like a billion potential listeners and this all sounds really dweeby but um (laughs) what i would say about that is just like you know the fact that we have a podcast it has made me kind of want to be a scholar of the Mm. industry and the field and just at least understand what the big trends are that impact us yeah um and you know just just know what's going on so that would be one that i would shout out and there are a couple other ones i listen to too but i'm just all about like listening to strategies that people who have been successful in this space have used yeah Um, another resource i mentioned in passing on a past episode was your first 10k downloads mm. it's called it's a podcast called your first 10k downloads um and it's by chris Cerrone and Lacey ursioli i think mm-hmm. um and i'm in a facebook group with them as well it's a very tight-knit community but it's a free resource for anyone that's thinking about creating their own podcast a lot of people have approached me and said you know yeah. oh i'm starting a podcast or whatever and creating like the barrier to entry is as small, you could create a podcast in your closet yeah. with headphones if you want to, but um, it gives you a lot of good things to think about in terms of equipment, in terms of marketing strategy, growing your audience, and Netflix style, they just dumped like 20 episodes mm. on iTunes um, overnight, so check cool. those two out. Yeah, and if you guys have resources in those areas, yes, especially newsletters, because I have to write a lot of newsletters for work. So. Oh, do you? <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know do. that. I okay. write a lot. Okay. So yeah, please send those our way. Thank you. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode. We hope you guys had as much fun listening as we had recording. Um, As always, you can find us at joblogs.com or at joblogs on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. We also have a weekly newsletter, so be sure to subscribe at joblogs.com. Um, you can find me on social medias around the webs at Cleave Out Loud, Instagram, Twitter, Snap. Yep, and I am Hamus Parker on Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat. That's M-I-S-S-P-A-R-K-E-R-R. Don't forget to rate and review us on the iTunes store. So we're going to read a featured review, which is also up on the website. It says, a new favorite. Hooked on this amazing podcast for creative professionals. The hosts, Joy Marie and Courtney, share the easy, effortless banter that only comes from a longtime friendship. That's sweet. It's such a joy to listen to them and their inspiring guests. Keep up the great work, ladies. And that is from Marnie Smith. Thanks, Marnie. Thank you. Um, Special thanks to our producer and audio engineer, Adrian Wagner, our studio Mercy Sound Recording Studios, mm-hmm. and last but not least, you. You. You guys are amazing. Thanks. See ya.
My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tapiphone. 